0: Why does making friends as an adult feel so What hard? should I wear on a first day? Hell is a formal? Foreign... but that was not, not good What so do I want my life to look like in five
1: years? We, we wanna, wanna know too. too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Every Girl Podcast. We are recording live from Chicago. Well, not live when the time that they all hear this. No,
0: but live in (laughs) Josie in the same room
2: right now, which Which is is crazy. crazy. I know it's been so fun, but I do have such, not a bad cold. It honestly is not a bad cold, but for some reason, like, my voice is dead to the world. My voice said, no more, Josie, you're done. I was in Nashville over the weekend, so like the honky-tonkies will do that to you. (laughs) Um. So I'm really sorry for everyone to have to suffer through my voice for this it's intro. Okay. You've
0: been a gal on the go traveling. How's it been being away from L.A. and Joey, Willie? How's it been?
2: <laughs> it's been good or not great. I mean, I miss them. Mm-hmm. It's been some healthy separation. It's been interesting because I realized recently, I feel like a lot of people that have been in long-term relationships can relate to this. I met my boyfriend when I was 21, and at the time, I had recently come out of some more, not necessarily like toxic, maybe a little toxic. I just didn't feel super empowered by my sexuality. So he has always been and was like very, are you comfortable? It's actually so funny because... I mean, yeah, we, like, love a man. Like, thank God. Like, he's thinking of other people's feelings. Yeah. Like, that's rare for And that's men.
0: important when you're 21.
2: Yeah. So I think he was yeah. more cautious of that, too. But it was so funny. One of my roommates at the time, or one of my friends, I think it was the third date. And we had just had a sweet, innocent PG mm-hmm. kiss at that point. And my friend was like, oh, he hasn't tried to touch your boobs yet. Like, he definitely doesn't like <laughs> you.
0: And I'm like, oh, damn it. Yeah, that can't possibly be the indication. So
2: we had built this great communication over the years, but like we very much have stayed in that place where our intimacy is centered around him being aware of my comfort level, him always wanting to make me feel comfortable, which again, love, but it definitely has held us back. And I didn't really realize that until recently at being able to like fully express and play and Mm -hmm. have as much fun. So my therapist gave me a, (laughs) she gave me an assignment that we should start talking to each other in a more playful fun sexy way over text okay. which is also hilarious because we communicate so very well but when it comes to being playful and more flirty okay it's very much um like for example my dog louie we use this voice with him i feel like this voice is going on, and on. my dog louie has this voice that like Thanks, Dad. I love dinner tonight. Hi, guys. I'm Louie. We use this voice (laughs) talk through Louie as normal people do. Second career is a voice. (laughs) Honestly, right? Jess is my dog. (laughs) That's the only voice I could do. So when we're trying to be flirty with each other, we will, for some reason, only do the Louie voice. So it'll be like, wow, you're looking cute today. Like, I, which is so (laughs) fucking weird, which is (laughs) so weird. And I just realized the other day, like, Joey, we are only flirting with each other through Louie. That's got to be some like traumatic, fucked up thing. <laughs> so, my therapist gave us that exercise. Yeah. Sure. So, I was like, oh, great. This will be the perfect opportunity while in the way to like, start getting right. flirty. yes. And so, yesterday, I sent him a text like PG 13. Yeah, like, yeah. it was just like, oh, I miss you so much. Can't wait to kiss yeah, you yeah, and yeah. hug you, whatever. He literally responds being like, did someone steal your phone? Like this is not Joe's. No, I'm like, Joey, you know this is coming. You're... I'm not even trying to sext. Is that like a thing that I
0: missed out on? I do sext, um, not in a seven-year long-term relationship, but I have developed some sexting skills. I don't know when or whether or not I consciously chose to develop <laughs> wanted that <laughs> sexting skills. I think maybe it had to do with the fact that. I started my dating journey during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. A lot of moments where somebody had been exposed. Like it was that kind of time. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think Mm -hmm. maybe that has something to do with it. I also just I feel like it's been extremely normalized in my dating experience thus far. I don't feel super uncomfortable with it. The key, I think, to getting into it. Is to use the invisible ink feature. Sexy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like, ooh, you'll miss it. If you send a text with invisible ink, automatically there's some more intrigue. It's sort of like you whispered it. Here's
2: my question, though. How does it? star did you ever be like i'm gonna sex or did someone send a dick pic and are uh, like i've got to respond to this actually no i've
0: actually never received a dick pic thank god thankfully i'm i've been blessed you've escaped Um, (laughs) (laughs) i've been blessed knock on wood (laughs) uh but usually i'm not the first i am not the person to initiate the sexting usually
2: does it ever give you the ick when you then when someone else starts it uh, not if I like them. Okay. Okay. So that's <laughs> a good tip. In so them. it's like if you're interested in them, then you'll like sexting. If you're not interested, then it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, if somebody were to, I mean, yes, the answer to that is yeah. Okay. Interesting. Do you have any other tips? I feel like I'm talking to the sex
0: master. <laughs> Definitely not. Do I have any other tips? If you had really great sex with them recently, mm-hmm. then I think doing a little callback.
1: Being like, mm. I really
0: loved when you did this. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't stop thinking about when you did this. That's a classic. Yeah. I think. Because, because need it to be crazy. Like, I'm not saying, like, I need you to push me up against the Yeah, you're
2: not right like, house. I'm going to take all of your clothes.
0: No, but um, that's not my vibe, but. Uh, yeah. I okay. I, I
2: really enjoyed fun. the Invisible Ink. Yeah. That's, I think that's fun. For whatever reason, I think it takes away a mental block when you live together and like me and joey literally spend all day every right. day because we both live I from home don't have that experience but i think that that's a fun way to keep that spark there consistently so if people are entering a new relationship to keep that up rather than being like oh, i don't need to text them i can just see them but i think it's like the intention of adding something that you don't need to yeah you yes could just go be like we're gonna go to dinner and it's friday so we yeah, yeah, yeah. out, for, like <laughs> yeah. you know it's like the it's like the little added thing that yeah. makes it flirty and fun yeah I which see. is what we're and all you, about cultivating you have separate offices right we have separate rooms not yes. to advocate for
0: who's <laughs> sexting at word
2: you know i'll do that 7 30 a.m right before i log on <laughs>
0: about today an In
2: invisible link yeah now i'm gonna start using invisible ink to be like louie needs to go outside
0: <laughs> no no and josie it's exactly not the we plan. need to, we
2: need more toilet paper <laughs> no we're like oh what is and it's like surprise it's just another to-do list for you <laughs> anyway that was helpful insight emma i really appreciate that of course
0: well i mean that leads very smoothly into our ask the Evergirl because our question this week is sort of related to timelines okay so our question this week is I am a late bloomer, 25 years old, and feel that I do not
2: know where to start in regards to dating. Any tips? Oh, this is a really big question. Honestly, like, person writing this, you are not a late bloomer. We yeah. all get our own timelines in life yeah. to do with what we want, and that's the cool part. You're gonna laugh at me. I use this example on a podcast. Oh, I used it when we when I interviewed Dr. Cheyenne Bryan, who is so genius and amazing, and I like shared this anecdote and she was probably like what like why can we get kip kardashian <laughs> but i think about it a lot because as women we have this idea that we need this certain timeline like there's it's yeah. like turning 30 so then we think oh if by 25 we're not dating or we're not in a relationship like, that's a quote late bloomer i just don't think that's true anymore there love. are so many other ways to have the life that you want to have you do not need a partner to have a child you do not need to carry children to have a child. You do not na- need to have children. You yeah. know, so like, there are so many options in life. There's a like, limited list options for yeah. the reason for you to have the life that you want. That doesn't need to be on a timeline. Why I think of Kim Kardashian is because she was married to Chris Humphries. I think it was like 33 or 32 mm-hmm. is when she married Chris Humphries, guys, not Kanye, Chris Humphries. So I always think of that like. So many people are approaching 30 and being like, fuck, like, I'm not in a a serious relationship yet. What am I going to do? But I'm like, you're still in your season two of Friends era. You know, people say that, like, like, you're still the very beginning where Rachel has not even gotten with Ross yet. Rachel doesn't even know that Ross is a potential for it. And then they have to break up a thousand times and then get back together. Years have to go by. And so with Kim Kardashian, I'm like, oh, my God, I have three more years till I even need to meet my first husband. Like, the husband I'm not even going to have children with. Yeah. And then she has to get divorced from him. She has to meet Kanye, date Kanye, marry Kanye, and then they have four children. Life is not yeah. one. It's not one timeline. Time. Yeah. 100%. So that's that's my just response, like the late bloomer thing. But I also I feel you because there is so many societal pressures. So I feel you, sister. Mm-hmm. I want you to answer this first, though, because you're the dating queen. The sex master. <laughs> no, <laughs> please.
0: Um, I do have some thoughts on this because I'm 22, so... I guess I'm not a late bloomer by this person's definition, but I felt like I was a late bloomer by the time I started dating, which was around 19. And all of my most of my friends in high school had had boyfriends and I hadn't that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I felt like a late bloomer. And I think what I would tell myself at the beginning of my dating journey or when I finally admitted to myself that I wanted to start dating because I remember Mm. that moment. It took me so long to get there. I was just simply mentally not there yeah what what
2: did it take for you to
0: realize i actually want this it took me being just like so frustrated i think like honestly mm. sexually frustrated <laughs> i mean sure yeah or just, or just like really supportive friendships encouraging me and being like you are ready for this next stage of your life that's what i would say and okay. like coming into my sense of self but If I could go back and tell my 19-year-old self, I would say, I think in the beginning I had this misconception that I needed to make all of these right decisions, like quote-unquote right decisions, or start off my dating journey with the right guy, or have the right experiences dating or have this checklist almost of I should have one-night stand or I should experience an xyz thing I need to meet this kind of person and have it go this way and all of this I'm staying really protected and I think it took me realizing that actually the point of dating is learning and making those bad decisions or the wrong decisions the things that seemed wrong but I couldn't help but make those choices was actually the way to get into dating, build my confidence in dating to begin with. And I gave this advice to one of my younger friends recently. I said, you have a certain number when you're early in the dating stages, you have a certain number of bad decision cards. Like, don't, you know, be careful. Yeah. I mean, you only have so many hearts. Yeah. You only have so many bad decision cards. So play them wisely. Like, don't. I don't know, for example, like... Go off
2: in the woods with a man you just <laughs> met that yeah, looks like a serial killer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't play that bad decision card. But if your friends are like, I really think this guy is a bad dude. He's not treating you super well. And you agree, but you still need to feel it anyways. And you need to learn the lesson for yourself. You play the de- bad decision card.
2: I think that's such a great way to look at it. I know you've said that before in the podcast where the worst thing that's going to happen is we get our heart broken. We're, we're going to be Okay. And then you can survive and move on. It's okay to make mistakes because you learn from those things. And it's not supposed to be perfect. Right. So I think that's a really good reframe. And there's also the pressure of, like, I want the fairy tale and I really want a relationship. Like, that's what I've seen the most yes. often is I with friends. I was in that place for Yeah, sure. where you're like, I need to be I in a, a rela- relationship. I, I need a relationship. That's what I thought.
0: And it was like, actually, no, what I needed was a ton of different crazy bananas dating experiences before I actually met my first boyfriend.
2: Mm, That sounds like some good stories for another day. They they are good stories for another day. I think it's also worth checking in. What's my intention? Like that's Mm -hmm. another thing we talk about a lot on this podcast is like, what is my intention behind wanting a relationship? Is it because I feel like a fully formed person? I'm ready to share my life with someone else. And that's why. Is there a little bit of the, I feel like I should be in a relationship. Is Mm -hmm. it the, I need something that's going to feed my ego because I don't feel good enough for a relationship. You know, so yeah. I think it, it really comes down to, like, do you really want a relationship and do you need a relationship or do you actually need something else that's going to make you happier in the long yeah. run? Yeah. So I think the point of going on a date even mm-hmm. is not to meet the love of your life. Like, that's no. it's not the point. The point is to learn more about yourself when we can reframe the intention of, like, why are you starting to date? Why are you going on these dates? Why are you meeting people? Make the goal because you want to learn more about yourself. Also because you want to have fun. Like, yeah. can a date just be, like, fun and then you'll yeah. never see them again and be like, we had a great time. I no. had a wonderful dinner with you. It was so nice to talk to someone new. Like,
0: can it just be that simple? Yeah. It, and honestly, sometimes if you're in a place of not looking for
2: a relationship, it
0: can be that simple.
2: Like, channel that even if you really do feel like you want a relationship. Amazing. Great. Totally fine. But I feel like you can channel that. Yeah. There doesn't have to be this pressure on every single date. Or, like, a date is a failure if it doesn't become a second date or if they don't become your yeah. long-term relationship it's not a failure it's like did you have fun did you yeah. enjoy yourself that's what differentiates people that give off that like, desperate i need a relationship person from the person that's like i would love a relationship but i'm having the time of my life yeah. you know like because i'm i and i fulfilled. think you're fulfilled like that's when you're fulfilling yourself that's the other tip i would give focusing on becoming the person that has what you want so if you want a fun spicy dating life Then be that person. Have so many interests that you have things you want to talk to other people about. Be interested in other people. If you want to have a good sex life, do sex therapy like me and (laughs) tap into your sexuality. You know, if you want to have a happy long term relationship, then be the person that has a happy long term relationship. That looks like getting really honest with yourself of like, what are the toxic patterns you would bring to a relationship? Because we all have them. Yeah. So are you. Ego driven in any way? Do you expect your partner to do certain things that's unhealthy? Are you having insecurities where you would depend on them to feed your ego and that you would need them to firm you? Because then that's not a relationship. You're requiring them to right. feed yourself, and that's not good. You yeah. know, a relationship is two fully formed people that are just happy to be around each other.
0: I feel like, at least for me, on my TikTok and Instagram, there are a lot of people that say a lot of rules about like, if a man treats you xyz way immediately know or can be very strongly opinionated and i have totally them influencing sometimes my decisions in reality you have to learn those lessons for yourself
2: yeah 100 percent. at the end of the day you have to experience it which is kind of painful sometimes yeah <laughs> and it should be that's the most beautiful part of the human experience is that yeah. you gotta feel pain how freaking amazing that we get a to- love people so much that we feel such loss or we get to yeah. learn so much that we get to go through these mistakes that then teach us to become the person we're meant to be exactly. so i uh, yeah look at dating as it's supposed to be fun and the only goal is to learn about yourself and if someone comes along that's worth spending time with yeah that's a then good they're, bonus then they're worth spending time with then, yeah it's not deeper than that all right let's dive into the episode today Jennifer Cohen is an entrepreneur, bestselling author, and host of the top 10 business podcast Habits and Hustle. You may have seen her in her viral TED Talk titled The Secret to Getting Anything You Want in Life with over 5 million views. Jen teaches that most of us live on default, accepting what's convenient over taking what we actually want. This shows up in our careers, relationships, and every other area of our life, actually very relevant to what we're talking about with dating. Boldness is an often misunderstood concept and the focus of her new book, Bigger, Better, Bolder, where she breaks down her experience into practical steps everyone can learn to unlock the life that they want. In this episode, we dive into the secret to getting anything you want in life, why boldness is like ordering what you really want off the menu, and how confidence is a skill that you can work like a muscle. Jen also shares when she practiced being bold, it's such a fascinating story, and why it's especially important for women to be bold. You are going to leave this episode with tangible tips to go after your dreams. Please welcome Jennifer Cohen to the Every Girl Podcast. What is the secret to getting anything that you want?
1: Oh wow. What is the secret? So the secret to getting anything you want, Josie, is you have to be bold. Being bold is really the secret. A lot of times we have so much self-doubt that we don't even attempt to do something that we want. We just kind of acquiesce to what's in front of us and accept the good enough. And my entire philosophy is don't let self-doubt stop you. you. Do it anyway. So even if you don't think you're talented, don't think you're smart enough, don't think you're pretty enough, don't let those thoughts stop you from attempting and going for whatever you want. Because in order to gain the confidence, typically what happens is, you gain confidence from actually doing those things that you otherwise wouldn't feel comfortable doing. So it really is that I always tell people like it's more important to be bold than to be smart. It's more important to be bold than to be talented because it's the people that take action that actually win at the end. It's not the people who have the most talent and ha- or the prettiest. And if we can take that ideology and live by it. Our opportunities are endless.
2: It's so interesting because you're right. There's so many people that are like, in order to be successful, I have to know everything. I have to have the perfect education or I have to have experience. Like I've heard so many people say, I'm not going to apply for that job because I don't have experience in it. Whereas you're saying it's not the smarts, it's not the education, it's not the experience even. It's just being bold. I'm curious for you, what really is boldness? So many people have different interpretations. So what do you think being a bold person really looks like?
1: What it looks like it's basically someone who is chasing what they want and not just taking what they get. It's making small little moves daily that are putting you in a place, making you more comfortable to ask for what you want. Like at the end of the day, it's really not rocket science. Sometimes the, the, the easiest things, the most simplest things are really the thing that moves the needle the most if we could just get out of our own way. So, a bold person to me looks like someone who attempts things even when they don't think they can. It's when they are asking for these little things. Cause at the end of the day, if you don't feel comfortable asking for little things, you're never going to be comfortable asking for a big thing. So, I tell people all the time that they should start becoming bold by asking for these small things daily, which then accumulates in compounds. And that's how you get better and better and bigger, better and bolder to ask for the other things.
2: Wow. It's almost like the way you talk about it is like it's a muscle, like you're working the boldness muscle rather than I think what you a lot are. of people you are. Yeah, rather than I think what a lot of people think is, oh, some people were just born being bold, being confident but you're explaining it like everybody can be bolded because it's about working the muscle, starting small.
1: It is like a muscle. I do feel like if you go to the gym and you work out all the time and then you stop working out, that muscle atrophies, and that's like being bold. Boldness to me is like a skill that you get better at if you practice. And if you want to get good at Spanish, if you want to get good at working out, or if you want to play tennis well, You have to practice and do it over and over again. And as you do something over and over again, it becomes way more comfortable. And that's how you get better at it. But also once you stop doing it, it does atrophy, right? Like there is muscle memory to it. If you want to get good at something, the idea behind it is that you have to practice it. And when you practice, you get better and better. Like if you want to be good at tennis or Spanish or Taekwondo, You have to put the time in, you put the effort in, and you got to practice those skills. And boldness is a skill like anything else. And I get that question a lot, like, well, do you have to be born bold or or not? And the truth of the matter is, no, you absolutely don't have to be born bold, but you just have to work on it. You have to have the desire to actually want to design and curate a life that you actually want versus just taking what's in front of you and work on building that boldness muscle. And it's not something that you work for a finite period of time and then you you have it forever for life. You have to continually work at it or it atrophies like anything else, right? Like if you go to the gym and you work out and you're doing strength training, you're going to get muscular. But the second you stop doing it, eventually you're going to lose that muscle. You atrophy. Just like being bold, you have to maintain it. you got to keep it up and things compound over time. And eventually what happens is the neuroplasticity in your brain, you start to act and see yourself differently. You you become the person that is going after what you want, that is not afraid to ask for whatever that is and not be fearful of the failure or the answer no. A lot of people don't do any of these things because they're just scared of hearing no, or they're scared of failing to a point where they rather not even make any attempt because it's better to not make an attempt and just take whatever was given to them than to put themselves out there and make that attempt. And I feel like we're going to like turn that on its head because then we're just a bunch of people just like zombies walking through the world just doing whatever is thrown at us versus curating and designing a life that we actually want to live and then self-actualize.
2: Can you share some examples of how people can be practicing it? Like, what are those little ways to be bold that you're working that muscle?
1: So to me, you have to get comfortable asking for small little things before you go asking for a big thing. Because if you're not comfortable asking for a small thing, then you're never going to be comfortable asking for a big thing. You could do little things. Like, I'm going to give you some really simple things you can do, okay? You can do something as easy as going to your local coffee shop and asking if they have any neighborhood discounts for people who live in the neighborhood. Do they have any you know twenty percent friends and family or neighbor discounts? It can be as simple as that. You can call your cell service provider and see if there's any other plans that they have that are cheaper than what you're paying. It's like getting comfortable with the ask. You can do little things like the cell service or going to a restaurant I always talk about. And like, I always ask for sauce on the side and the dressing on the side and extra this and not enough that. That's how you get exactly what you want versus just being like, okay, whatever they serve me, I'll be fine with it. If you're polite and, and kind when asking, nobody cares anyway, but it's our own idea of like, oh, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to put someone out. I don't want to make it awkward. But that's all in your head. You have to get over that ideology to get what you need done. And if you're nice about it, no one really cares.
2: I've heard you use that example before that boldness is like ordering off menu at a restaurant, like asking for what you really want. And I thought that was such a powerful idea that it's not just to ask for the best option. It's to to ask for what's not even being offered to you because it's what you truly want. Like that is such a cool way to yeah, think of I- it.
1: What I normally do is I use it as a a guideline. Like I went out for dinner last night with a friend of mine and I created my own salad by looking at all the different ingredients that have on all the other salads. And I'm like, I don't really love this one with that ingredient. I don't really love that one with all those ingredients. So why don't I just substitute this and take out that? Does it take three minutes more to explain it? Okay, sure. But then you're actually like eating what you actually want versus taking it and not really loving it. Why not just get, if they have the ingredients in the restaurant, why not make it the way you want? And again, it's a mindset. It's a mentality. Some people are so uncomfortable with that ideology, but that that doesn't work for me. I'm uncomfortable just taking whatever is given to me.
2: I feel like as women especially, we've been programmed to think we don't want to inconvenience people. It's rude to ask for more, not to ask anything of anyone else and do things ourselves. Do you find that for men, not to generalize, but I'm just hearing you talk about a salad example and ordering at a restaurant. I personally am like, I'm so uncomfortable asking the waiter for anything that would slightly inconvenience them. I get uncomfortable about it, but thinking about most of the men I know, they're like, oh, if I don't want it, I don't want it. Like I I just feel like maybe as women, we're more programmed to not be bold. Do you find that men have an easier time with this trait and women are programmed against it?
1: Yeah, true. I totally agree. I do believe. I think because as women, we're programmed much more not to make waves, to be more demure, to be much more of a supporter type of role where we're just comfortable and we, we should be more quiet. We should be more accommodating. And that to me is such a load of nonsense i mean why should that be right and the connotations that go with that are usually well she's too demanding or she's bitchy or she's pushy or aggressive but if it was a guy it would be like no they're a powerhouse and they are you know decisive and they're strong will there's different euphemisms used for a guy than there are for a girl when doing the exact same thing. But the only way to get over that is to actually go through it and not allow that old style of thinking stop you from doing it. Because then what? You're going to just accept the stereotype and what society says that you should do? Because why? And then what? Who are you making happy in the end? To me, I just don't want to live my life that way.
2: Amen to that. I mean, that's so true. It it shows up in the little ways like, yes, ordering at a restaurant what you actually want, but it's a bigger conversation of when you are comfortable doing those things and asking for more, being able to think it's not an inconvenience. I'm getting what I want and I deserve to ask for what I want. Then that shows up in your career with your partner and the ways that like really matter in your life. So the little things add up to the really big things. And I love that you use the word bold so often because I do feel like that it's helpful for even for me to reclaim the idea of if I ask for what I want, it's an inconvenience. And instead of thinking inconvenience, I think bold. And that helps me think, okay, yes, it's a good you. thing. It's a good I love thing, that. Right?
1: I, Well, you know, what's interesting. I love that you said that because it's true. You have to switch out that word. It's not inconvenience at all. It's just being bold. I think bold is a good word and a great way of describing it. And this is a microcosm for everything in life, right? Like the salad or the restaurant experience. is one little small example. But being bold or asking for what you want and getting comfortable in those situations leads you to be more comfortable and asking for what you want in more important, significant situations. My whole idea is not just around going to a restaurant or in business. The idea is to, is, is to live a, a rich life. And that's not money financial only. It's about having relationships and your personal life to be fulfilling and satiating and curated to how you want to be treated and how you want to live your life and it is about career it is about personal relationships it's about experiences it's all of it the big pie that slivers in different areas and the funny thing is if you go to a restaurant just to go back on that and i do what i do with that and then eventually I was like, oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. And then they end up looking at my food and they wish they would have had the courage to ask for the same things. That <laughs> that's I so true. And they're annoyed with themselves, right?
2: That's so true. I have been that friend so many times where I am envious of what someone else asked for because I was not bold enough to ask for it myself. That's such a good like metaphor to exactly. life is like we get so almost like I feel like that's where a lot of jealousy comes really? from is when we see other people doing what we wish we were brave enough, bold enough to do. That's what I think jealousy is at the end of the day, is that the people that we're jealous of were bold enough to ask where we feel like we are not bold enough to
1: ask. I totally agree with that too. Usually when someone is jealous, it's because they wish they had the courage to go after something or do something the way they did. It's usually a subconscious envy, right? They are not living the life that they want to or doing what they want to do. It's masked in this jealousy or negative, like, oh, I don't like them because they're just that way. You just don't like them because they have the courage to do something and live the life that you wish you had the courage to do. And it's easier to hate on somebody than to take the initiative and do it yourself. So I think that if more people took that initiative, it would be a happier place also, women are interesting because there's a whole message out there, with women supporting women. But a lot of times, women only support women to a point unless they're doing better than you. A lot of that happens. And once that's happening, that, that support system is a little bit more faded unless both people are really going after things, following their North Star and really fulfilling what they want to do. Then there's a much more of a support system. So what I find very interesting is if you're surrounded by people who are really tr- trying to self-actualize, you know, I, I believe, and as I talk about this, is that you got to build kind of like a board of directors, people around you who all have similar goals, not necessarily the same goals as you, but who want to live similarly and help build you up, elevate you, support you. You, know, you find like your tribe by doing that, like other people who are also trying to do those things, who also are bold, who also are ambitious, who are also are strong. And therefore, you basically build a support system to get you to where you need to be with people who really want the best for you.
2: Yeah, that's so interesting that there's a, this like boldness, yes, is being able to vocalize what you want, but there's also a factor of it that is the willingness to help out other people and support their boldness too, that it's almost like this fabric of women. Supporting the boldness in each other.
1: Exactly, exactly. I think a lot of times when you are both doing what you are intended to do and you're both striving for that, like when women are both striving for something like that, that's the best place to be. Don't let people who didn't follow their dreams talk you out of yours. Because again, a lot of people project. They'll talk you in their of things based on what they've done with their life or how far they've come.
2: It's always a projection. I feel like a lot of the time I wasn't bold yes. enough. So I don't support that boldness in you because I missed that because I wasn't bold in my life. So then it's that projection. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm curious if you could share some examples of when you were bold in your life and how boldness helped you achieve the life of your dreams. I'm a work in
1: progress, first of all. (laughs) Are we all? Exactly. I will say this. I've learned very early on that no really means not right now or the thing called the 10% target, which is you have to make 10 attempts at whatever you want most in life. And either two things will happen. Either you'll get that thing that you want or another opportunity will present itself that you never even knew existed. My whole life has been going after something and not getting it. Most of the time, I don't get it, to be honest. But the process of me attempting led me to other opportunities that were way bigger and better than I ever could have imagined if I would have gotten that thing in the first place. And I could talk about tons of times when I was bold and I never got the thing. But when I was younger, when I was like very young, it was a very pivotal moment in my boldness journey because i really wanted to be uh i wanted to like host mtv at the time it was called it was like video disc jockey it was a super popular job and i wanted to have keanu reeves on my demo tape as an audition and i really wanted him because i thought he would make me stand out like if i had keanu reeves then i would for sure get the job right And everyone laughed at me and said it was an impossible task. How was I going to get, at the time, the biggest star in the world to help me? I was like 18 or something like that. I stood outside of a theater where he was performing Hamlet, of all things, and waited for him for an hour in minus 45 degree weather. I'm Canadian, and I was from Winnipeg, living in Winnipeg. And I boldly ran up to him, and I asked him if he would be on my demo tape and everyone laughed at me and thought oh my gosh, she's so crazy why would this young kid do that like it's so stupid I actually wrote my name and my phone number on a gum wrapper and handed it to him he ended up calling me four days later and agreed and then I picked him up and he came to my my parents house and we did an interview and my friends were filming it on these camcorders in all the corners of my room and I edited it together, and I sent it in. The truth of the matter is, I didn't even get the job, but that wasn't even the point. Getting the job was so not, it was irrelevant at the time. They watched it, I got the audition, I became runner-up. I was one person away from doing it, but I put myself out there. And when everyone was a naysayer and said, oh my God, you're so naive, you're so stupid, why would he do that for you? When he actually did it, It showed me that you have to be bold. Even though you may fail 99% of the times, that 1% could actually work for you. And that 1% was a super pivotal moment for me because at that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm never going to let fear or me not thinking I'm this or that stop me from at least trying. Because at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? Someone says no to you. It doesn't work. You fail. You fail. Who cares? At the end of the day, you don't even remember those failures. Like people say to me and ask me all the time, Jennifer, name the top 10 failures. I'm like, I have like hundreds and I honestly (laughs) don't remember the majority of them because they're irrelevant in the moment. It's a big deal, but you forget about it. Rather be rejected than have regret. And if you go by that and not fear the sting of regret is way worse than being rejected because you feel that that pain for a little bit, but then you move on. The idea of not trying and not living up to your potential and not even putting yourself in the game is way harder than the rejection ever will be.
2: I also feel like rejection is never personal, even in dating life, which is what we think of as like the most personal. But even then, it's like you are not going to like every single person on the planet. We're all just trying to like meet someone that is compatible with us, that's really hard to do. It's not because you're not good enough or you're not pretty enough. It's just because that's a hard thing for two people to click. Rejection is no matter what, it's never personal. So you're right. Like what is there to be so afraid of? And and the regret is so much worse. But that is such an amazing story about being bold. You've inspired me. I feel like I have to go like ask Beyonce to be on the Every Girl podcast. I'm <laughs>
1: inspired from that story. I know. I got to be bold. Can I tell you something? On my podcast, I have a podcast called Habits and Hustle, and people say to me all the time, oh my God, how did you get so-and-so on your podcast? Like I've had Matthew McConaughey. I've had Tony Robbins. I've had Mark Cuban. I've had like big A-list people. You know what I did? I asked. That's what I did. Some say no, but some say yes. And so eventually, you know, it's a numbers game. Like, You don't know what you don't know. A lot of these people who actually said yes were the people I thought were for sure going to say no. And the people who actually said no were the people I thought for sure were going to say yes. So you have to at least try. Anyone saying no, who cares? Like The sting for a minute, you're like, oh, shit, that didn't work out. All right, on to the next one. But that's a mentality. A lot of people go down a bad rabbit hole. They feel so horrible about themselves. You can't let other people's reasons be your problems. You have to be able to figure out a way to manage those thoughts. Whatever they do, they do. I'm me. I'm doing my thing. I'm going to keep it moving and move on. That's the way I look at it. And it's worked out.
2: Yeah. Your chances go up when you put in the application. But so many of of us spending time thinking, what if I get rejected? That you just don't even know what would happen if you just did. You
1: also have to go into something with an idea. Why not me? If it can happen to so and so and that could be their life, why not me? Put way too much emphasis on what happens to other people and put them on pedestals. And I want to tell your audience everyone's very similar. I I haven't met anybody that's reached such grandiose places that I found were that much smarter, that much more pretty, that much more talented. The only difference is belief. They believed in themselves to not give up and keep on going. And so if anybody is listening to this podcast, I want that to be the message that they walk away from. Why not me? So if you believe in yourself and don't give up and keep on going, things will work out.
2: That's so true. The only difference between people that are where you want to be and you is just that they were bold enough to ask for it and to go after it. The other factor of bold that you talk about is that there are different types of bold for personalities, for what you want out of life. Can you explain the
1: different types of bold? A lot of times we can show up being bold in one area of our life and be very meek and demure in another. So we could be very socially bold. We can have a lot of social prowess and be able to be bold in our personal lives. But when it comes to our career, we get very uncomfortable and we just look for whatever job is available because we don't want to put ourselves out there or, or apply for a job that we don't think we're qualified for. But you can be very personally bold. There are other people who can be super confident and super bold in their uh, career life and their professional world. But then when it comes to dating and their personal relationships, they're very uncomfortable to ask for what they want or to go out with the person that they want to go out with. So they end up just going out with whoever asked them out versus taking the initiative and the ownership. We have to first figure out where are we being bold in our life and where are we not being bold. And then focus on those areas, small steps to getting the life that we want. So you kind of have the self-awareness to take a look at where you're not being bold. Are you socially bold? Are you more career bold? There's different types of boldness like that. And once we figure that out, then we can design and curate a way to get bolder and make steps in that area of our life that we're not showing up.
2: That's so true that I do feel like people feel more comfortable or confident in one area or the other. Like I actually can think of a lot of people that are really strong in their career. They do take chances. They are bold. But then when it comes to their love life, they would never go up to the guy they think is cute at the bar and ask for their number. But it's like, you're this badass at work. Like You are scared of going up to this guy. And so it's so true that you have different comfort zones. And so I like that idea of looking at your life as like well-rounded and seeing where you can apply that practice, that muscle of being bold that you have comfortably done in one area and applying it to the area that you feel not very confident in. Like I was bold enough to go ask for the raise. So let me channel that boldness to go ask for the hot guy at the bar's number.
1: Exactly. And that is what happens a lot of times. We usually show up and are fearless in one spot, but then we acquiesce and we become much more meek and uncomfortable in other areas, so it's very imbalanced in order to balance out that we need to less focus on the career, more focus on the person, and focus on how we can become more bold in that area. Women tend to just go out with we end up just like going out on dates with the guys that ask us out, and then we pick from that. Time versus being like, you know what, I think that guy at the bar or that guy at the gym is cute. Why don't I strike up a conversation with him? And a lot of women feel very uncomfortable with that. But then at least you're going out with someone that you really want to go out with versus just basically looking at a, a list or a pile of guys who just thought you were cute and asked you out. And then you're just like, okay, I'll go out with you and you and you. And then out, out of that list, maybe I'll find someone. Wouldn't you want to expand your reach? and your possibilities by taking ownership of your own life ownership of what you want what you're attracted to who you want to go out with who you're intrigued by and then see where that leads
2: it makes so much sense because if and i don't know the exact percentage but like let's just say 25% of the people that you date you'll actually form a connection with that will last longer than just one date if there's like that small percentage right. why not have the the pool ones that you have selected that you like, rather than the pool being the ones that have liked you that you said yes to. Because then you're just upping what that 25% could be, if that makes sense. like Uh, Absolutely.
1: Well, it's true because a lot of people that I ended up liking were these shy guys who were the better ones, not these braggadocious, overly confident ones that I'm not really interested in. And so I wanted to be able to take that ownership and open up my pool of people that I genuinely or actually wanted to go out with versus just like all right i have these seven bozos to pick from and yeah. you see the same by the way and you see the same seven bozos going out with the same girls it's a volume game for them and if all the really great guys that you want to go out with are just too nervous to say anything or scared so if you can take on that responsibility you get yourself a way better guy if you will take yeah. like, take that initiative
2: yeah. In every part of your life, boldness gets you results, even if it's not the guy yes. you go after, but it will get you the result, whether it's your career, love life, whatever. Boldness gets you the result.
1: Absolutely. And usually once you start doing it more and more, you get more comfortable. And the more comfortable you get, the easier it is when you have projection or hear the word no. It becomes like water it kind of like rolls off your back because you're like okay next one versus the first couple are like, oh my god jarring but then it gets way easier
2: it's the muscle that you're working oh my god jennifer exactly. i am feeling so bold i feel like i'm ready to go <laughs> ask for the salad that i want we are going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions real quick the first one what is a song that you listen to when you want to feel bold
1: right now i like this song unstoppable that's a really good one I also like the song. I'm just going to check my playlist right now for you that I (laughs) like, that I want to channel my boldness. I like Next Big Thing right now. I like that one too. Oh,
2: those are good. I'm going to add those to my playlist. Best piece of advice you've ever received.
1: The best piece of advice that I've ever received was stop caring what other people think, because the reality is that you're concerned with people who are not even paying attention to you. It's a much bigger deal it is to them. So don't let other people's ideologies stop you. Don't care. And don't compare yourself to others because you're a different person. But yeah. I guess everyone talks about that.
2: But no one lives it. Like, it's worth repeating. So I love that advice. How
1: about a, well, okay. I'm going to give you a quote instead, okay?
2: Okay, love it.
1: Don't be upset by the results you didn't get by the work you did not do.
2: Oh, that's good. That's a juicy one. I like it. Okay, lastly, leave our audience like with a one. book, obviously, besides your own, or any other resource that changed your life.
1: I love The Tipping Point with Malcolm. I always liked that book, the Malcolm Gladwell book. I also love 48 Laws of Power, uh, Robert Greene.
2: I love Robert Greene. Such a good one. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. This was so empowering. Like I said, I really feel like I can go be a bold badass. I hope our listeners do as well. I'm sure they do. Let us know where our listeners it. can find you, shop your book, and
1: listen to your podcast. Thank you. My podcast is called Habits and Hustle, and they can find it anywhere. They can follow me on Instagram at the real Jan Cohen. They can buy my book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or River Five Books or Soul. And yeah, they can also sign up for my newsletter at jennifercohen.com. And I think that's about it.
2: Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for joining us, Jennifer. This was so fun.
1: Thank you so much.
2: I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know I sure did. If this episode gave you any value or you're liking the show in general, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference for our show so we can keep growing and bringing the content that you love. If you want more info, you can find us at The Every Girl Podcast on Instagram or at Talk to you next week.